Welcome, Weirdos! I'm Darren Marlar, and this is Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the Nocturnal Readers Box at thenocturnalreadersbox.com and be listening at the end of this episode as I give you a very special deal that they are offering only to Weirdo family members. Now bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Dark. Here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk but you don't have to know the ins and the outs of the stock market to start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. Yes. I was just finishing up my freshman year of college, and a group of us were enjoying the end of school with a lunch at Denny's. We'd been there an hour or so, the bill had been brought to us, but we were still chatting and eating. I decided to treat my friends. It was a small bill, so while they were chatting, I got up to go to the bathroom and surreptitiously grabbed the bill on my way. The bathrooms are right across from the front desk where you pay your bill. As I was coming out of the bathroom, I noticed a couple who were just finishing up and were out the door before I made it to the desk. I didn't get a good look at them and I didn't think anything about it. Then things got weird. I handed my bill to the same server who had just checked out the couple ahead of me. He looked at me curiously and asked if there was anything wrong. No, I said, just paying my bill. He continued to look at me strangely and for a full minute looked from me back to the bill I'd handed him, before he said, I'm confused. For a minute, I thought the server was a complete idiot. He probably cashes people out a million times a day. I had no idea why suddenly this was so difficult for him. Finally, I said, can I just pay my bill? To which he replied, I thought you just did. I assured him I had not and was in the process of paying when my friend came up and grabbed me by the elbow, led me back to the table, and told me to sit down. She explained that after I'd gone to the bathroom, they had noticed that the bill was missing and guessed my secret plan. She headed for the front desk intending to stop me. When she saw me paying the bill, she made a move to grab me by the shoulders when she stopped dead in her tracks. 
Something about me seemed wrong. She said I looked the same, but then she noticed that I seemed to be with a strange man she didn't know, and it certainly wasn't anyone we came in with. She went back to the table and watched me leave, only to see me appear mere seconds later out of the bathroom. I would have thought it was a prank if the waiter's attitude hadn't backed up her story. His confusion became clear to me. He had just seen me pay my bill, only to return seconds later to pay it again. I've never heard of two witnesses to a doppelganger. One friend and one stranger seeing and recognize the incident makes it just doubly weird. I'm a grocery store employee in Idaho. I work in the electronics department and I have a deep interest in the paranormal. A few weeks ago, I was on the floor just making sure everything was correctly shelved. I was walking around and I had noticed this man come around completely by himself. He was wearing regular clothes, nothing unusual about him really, so I continued on with what I was doing. He just kept walking around my department and kept looking around the store like he was lost or something. One thing I noticed that was weird about him was the way he walked. He didn't walk with a normal stride, but in a way it was almost like a slow motion type walk, yet not as dramatic and obvious as you would picture such a walk. It's hard to explain, but it was just a weird slow walk. After noticing that, I continued to work. I had bent down to pick up some trash on the floor, and when I stood back up, he was a good ten feet away and he was staring straight at me. Completely motionless, we stood looking at each other. All of a sudden, his eyes turned completely black. No white parts or iris or anything, just completely black. But it only happened for a couple of seconds just long enough for me to realize he was different. I made a puzzled face and broke eye contact with him and continued working and he just went away. I don't know if he was a demon or what, but I do know it puzzled me and still does. After listening to your black-eyed kid accounts, I wonder if he was one of them. I have my own experience of these black-eyed kids. It happened a few years ago. I've never been able to really think of a rational reason for what happened. It just happened. I headed out to mow my lawn. In the front of the ditch of the road, I have bushes and flowers neatly set up. To my surprise, someone had gone by and stepped all over my roses. I was pretty upset. The next day, I saw two kids walking down my road. Keep in mind, my road has several houses, so we all know each other very well. These kids look to be around 14 or 15 years old. I've never seen these kids before in the neighborhood. I wanted to go outside and ask if they messed with my roses, but I figured they're just kids and I'd let it slide this time. 
The kids stopped walking and just stood on the road across from my house. That's a good hundred or so feet away. They just stood there. I was looking out the window and they were just standing right there. I went to my room to get my shoes and when I came out, they were gone. It was around 8 p.m. and it was starting to get dark out. My power went off and on a few times. That's never happened before. We usually have very stable electricity. Around 8.20, I heard deep knocking at my front door. I went over to the door, turned on my porch light, and looked through the little hole on my door, but it was just pitch black, even though the light was on. I didn't know why, but I was extremely terrified. I started to put my hand on the handle and asked, Who's there? Some kid answered, Sorry to bother you, but we're lost and need to borrow your phone. I have a spare cell phone you can borrow for a few minutes, I told them. Let me go get it and I'll come outside with you. The kid just said, No, you let me in right now! And he started banging on my door. I'm not talking about just hitting it, but it was like something very big and wide was smashing against my door. I said, you quit that right now. I got a gun, and if you try anything, I'll shoot you. The kid kept screaming, let me in now. You're making a mistake. I grabbed my gun and held it off to the side of my leg. I put my hand on the lock and unlocked the door. This is where I made my mistake. I opened the door expecting either both kids or just one kid with a weapon or something. But these weren't little kids. Standing at my door were two people, and both looked young, but their eyes gave them away. They were pitch black. I felt terrified again. I felt like putting my shotgun down and letting them in. I'm not sure why I felt that way. As I had the door open for those three or four seconds, the taller kid started to walk forward to come in. I kicked my door shut as hard as I could, and I locked it. At this point, I heard them both crying and screaming in a strange, distorted, high-pitched way, followed by some banging on my door again. I went to check my back door just to make sure it was still locked. Thankfully, my back door was locked, and by the time I headed to my front door, they just stopped. I loaded my shotgun and opened the door expecting these things, but they were gone. I heard some footsteps and my neighbor was coming by. He heard some weird screams and came by to check on me. I stood there, probably looking like death with a shotgun in my hand. I let him in and told him the entire event. He told me to call the cops, but I was positive they would not believe me. I recently listened with interest to your story about the two black-eyed kids who tried to gain entry to a lady's house. I also had an experience with a black-eyed person. I took my family on vacation last year. We stayed at a motel near Lake County, California. It's a nice area with plenty of things for the kids to do. Everything had been going well and we had been having a lot of fun. On our fourth night, we were in our room watching TV when someone knocked on the door. 
We weren't expecting any visitors, so I elected to ignore it. The knocking continued, and whatever was on the other side of the door started growling. I shouted out and told them they had the wrong room and that we weren't expecting anyone. The knocking ceased. A few moments later, it started again, and a voice started shouting, Let me in! It was a female voice, but it was devoid of any emotion. Then we started to hear the same thing happening up and down the corridor. Multiple voices, all screaming, Let me in! We were terrified at this point, wondering what was going on. I got up and looked out the window. Two people were walking into the building. Both looked normal until one noticed that I was standing at the window. I saw her eyes. They were completely black. In every other sense, she looked normal, but I am sure both the girl who saw me and the man she was with were both black-eyed people. When the commotion finally died down, I ventured out of our room and went over to the receptionist block. The receptionist told me that she had received no complaints and had been on duty the whole time. She had no explanation for what I was telling her. I think she thought I was insane. I just wonder what would have happened if I had opened the door. Would I be here to tell this story? We won't be going to Lake County again, I can tell you that. tell you something that happened to me while I was growing up. When I was five, we moved into one of those cookie-cutter neighborhoods with cheap houses and only a dozen or so different floor plans. It was the first house my parents ever bought, and they loved it. The floor plan was laid out with the bottom floor being very open. The kitchen and living room and dining room were all connected in a big oval. The upstairs had a narrow catwalk which was like a suspended hallway where the walls only went up to your waist. If you looked over, you could see down into the living room on one side or the foyer and front door on the other. The house had two and a half bathrooms and three bedrooms. Right next to the top of the stairs, as you got to the catwalk, was a spare room that Dad used for his man cave of sorts. My bedroom was at the opposite end of the catwalk at the far end from the stairs. My door didn't face the study door, though. If you walked in a straight line from the study across the catwalk, you'd walk into the upstairs bathroom. This bathroom shared a wall with my bedroom and was deemed the cat bathroom, as the cat's litter box was in there. There was always litter all over the floor because the cat would kick it out of the box. That bathroom's door was at a 90-degree angle to my bedroom door. Now, as I said, our house was made with cheap materials. The upstairs floors always creaked and moaned when someone walked around, even though the house was less than five years old. My parents' bedroom was directly under mine, which made it hard to stay up late playing with toys when I was supposed to be in bed. My parents could hear every move I made. My bedroom door was always kept closed because I was a messy kid and my parents didn't want the cat getting into my things. When I was about seven, I started noticing creaking down the catwalk at night. It would start at Dad's study, get to my bedroom, 
and stop. Sometimes, through the darkness, I would see the slightest movement under my door. I was terrified. I told my mom and she brushed it off, saying it must have been the cat walking back and forth to the litter box. I didn't think for a second the cat was heavy enough to make the floor creak like that. Even if he could, the creaking never reversed direction back down the hall, and I never heard scratching in the litter box, which our cat did all the time, as evidenced by the litter all over the floor. It was always starting in front of my dad's study and stopping in front of my room. I couldn't even hear footsteps or thumping of feet, just the creaking of the floor. The stairs, also creaky as hell, would never make a sound either. You would think if the cat would make the floors creak, he could make the stairs creak too on his way up or down. One night in particular, as I was laying awake, I heard it. Ever since Mom had mentioned the cat, I had started to doubt myself. But I knew it didn't sound like our cat walking across. I knew what I heard. I was going to face my fears and prove Mom wrong. I gathered up my courage and gave myself a pep talk. I ran across my room and flung open the door. I peered out into the semi-dark and saw nothing. No cat, no shadowy shapes, nothing. I checked the bathroom and there was no cat in there either. Several more nights over the next few weeks I would get up and check when I heard the creaking. Most of the time, the cat would be downstairs, either sleeping or wandering around quietly in the living room. Whenever I left my room, the sounds would stop for the rest of the night. I continued to tell my mom, and she continued to brush it off, saying the house was settling or I was imagining it. She claimed she never heard the creaking on the catwalk, and I noticed it would only happen after they had gone to bed. Sometimes, on nights I had a good full night's sleep, Mom would ask me the next morning if I was up playing or couldn't sleep. I would tell her I slept fine and asked why she had wondered. She would quickly say, oh, never mind, it must have been nothing, I just thought I heard your floor creaking. I was a sophomore at a university in California when this incident took place. I saw my roommate's doppelganger. I'm not positive, but I think this doppelganger crossed over from a parallel universe. I say that because she looked pretty sinister. She looked exactly like my friend, but she didn't have the sweet smile my friend has. She looked twisted, almost like a reverse mirror image of my friend. The smirk was definitely not anything my friend would have produced. At the time, I had never heard of a doppelganger, and I still wouldn't call myself an expert. All I know is that I saw something that looked eerily like my best friend. She wore the same clothes, but she had a limp, and later I realized that everything about her was reversed. Her buttons were on the opposite side of her dress she looked like a complete reverse mirror image. My friend and I were sitting in the TV room in the basement. It was the weekend. 
The campus was vacated, my friend decided to go to bed, and a few minutes later, the TV picture started to break up. I tried to fix it, but some movement of some kind caught my attention. I looked towards the stairs and saw my friend walking back down into the basement. I was surprised as she had been falling asleep in front of the TV. I asked her if she was okay, and she said nothing. When she reached the bottom of the stairs, I noticed the limp, and I noticed the reversed buttons, even though it took a few hours for that to register. The doppelganger said nothing, and the TV corrected itself, so I sat down with her and we started watching some old movie. About an hour later, my friend came downstairs and asked if she could speak to me. For a moment, I was looking at two versions of the same person. I went over to my friend and before I could point it out, the doppelganger had disappeared and my friend didn't see her face. It was the strangest incident I have ever come across. This took place in the late 1970s and my friend would never believe my story. Years later, however, I met her with her family and she had a limp. Apparently a car crash had caused it. I still wonder if my friend was meant to see her doppelganger, not me. But the doppelganger made no attempt to turn and talk to my friend. She just sat there until she disappeared. The whole thing was a very weird occasion and still gives me the creeps today. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Backdoor Fiction, you can share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. You can find links to all of the stories in this episode in the show notes. This episode of Weird Darkness was brought to you by the Nocturnal Readers Box, now an official sponsor of Weird Darkness. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. As a subscriber to the Nocturnal Readers Box, every month you'll get at least two horror books one new release and one previously released title. You'll always get a bookmark and a custom art print that is only available in the Nocturnal Reader's Box. These are not shiny, glittery quotes. They are actual artworks commissioned per the theme each month. They always have seven or more items in the box every month, too, often more. And if you subscribe now, you'll get the May Nocturnal Reader's Box themed Who Made This Bloody Effing Mess? Featuring items inspired by Joe Lansdale, Robert McCammon, Anne Rice, Richard Lehman, and a very special wearable that you don't want to miss. Subscribe today at thenocturnalreadersbox.com. And there's a special deal just for you, my weirdo family. You can get 15% off your first subscription up to six months by using the promo code WEIRD15. All one word, no spaces. WEIRD15. 15. That's weird. One five. Sign up now at the nocturnalreadersbox.com. That's the nocturnalreadersbox.com, or click the link in the show notes. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the weird darkness.